The One Story is TS Studio's weekly podcast series where we narrate the Spotil's long-form features at the intersection of health, gender, and culture. What pop culture's fixation with daddy issues is really about by Rohita Narahari Sethi. This article was published on the Spotil on October 5th, 2022. A little over the halfway mark in Blonde Anna de Armas's Marilyn Monroe asks her husband Arthur Miller a question: "Am I a good girl, Daddy?" "Yeah, you're my good girl, darling," comes the charmed reply. There is nothing more beguiling to popular media than a woman with absent father figures. Nowhere is this more evident than in Netflix's latest Blonde, a fictionalized portrait of Marilyn Monroe's life. In it, Anna de Armas plays Monroe as a woman whose whole life is haunted by the vacuum of a father she never knew. And when she sings Every baby needs a dad dad daddy, the script for how the rest of her life would play out is set, eternally in search of daddy. In a chilling rhythmic echo of Monroe's song about daddy is Sylvia Plath's poem Daddy. At 20 I tried to die and get back 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 to you Plath's poem tells us the story of a woman struggling with the idea of her father whom she barely remembers in a death drive to catch up with him and confront what he represents it's preoccupied with the father figure in a way that pop culture at large is but where it departs from the popular fixation on fathers is in how it's about taking agency back where society often tries to take it away It also makes evident what exactly is arrive with the way Marilyn Monroe is immortalized in pop culture as the primordial bombshell with daddy issues. Blonde is a fictional story, which means creative licenses were taken. This included the decision to make Monroe call every man in her life daddy. Through the gaze of a male director bent on turning Monroe's life into a quest for daddy, The film does what most pop culture does to women in pain: turn them into sexualized caricatures. It turns vulnerability and a need for affirmation into a desire for a patriarch's validation. Monroe blushes, giggles, and registers a playful girlishness in her voice when talking to men, and in the process, all her life struggles are reduced to her search for masculine authority. Without it, She's hapless, lost, and her body and image passed around as she increasingly dissociates from herself. This is the archetype of the daddy issues girl, and it's one that converts women suffering under the patriarchy into a suffering wrought by the lack of a patriarch. I think it's most commonly pinned on women because it's men doing the pinning, says psychologist Joe Hemings. The prurient gaze with which we've looked at young girls and women in crisis is telling of the ways we've erased their agency whether it's when they're aware of their sexuality seeking tenderness and care or are harmed in relationships with abusive men it's women who are always subsumed under the label of having daddy issues and it's why feminists in particular have always been associated with the label The loss of fathers has caused a tremendously debilitating and long-lasting psychic wound in America, and a lot of what passed for political activism was often an attack on absent fathers, wrote columnist Mark Judge in a book decrying feminist movements. 
Judge isn't the only one. He speaks to a larger cultural infantilization of feminists, condescending to them as women who simply need an authority figure or who have had bad relationships with someone who should have been an authority figure. A woman who isn't sufficiently docile and compliant, who wasn't sufficiently disciplined by the benevolent patriarch, in other words, has daddy issues. Many see this phrase as a way to minimize females' attachment needs. When we talk about daddy issues, it's typically a way to dehumanize a woman's needs or desires. Some people even use the term to slut shame, said Amy Rollo, a psychotherapist. This speaks to a deep-seated need to undermine women who express any kind of need at all, whether it be sexual, emotional, or physical. The only women left immune from the label, then, are women who are silent and silenced. That is to say, all women are considered to have daddy issues because daddy himself is in a crisis. Coupled with the fear over women's agency is the anxiety over the loss of traditional norms of masculinity. The daddy issues trope, then, is as much an indictment of changing masculinity as it is about feminism. If there's a romance between father and daughter, however repressed and however culturally determined, why are we so intent on it being the daughter's romance? We are alert to the daughter's daddy issues. What of the father's daughter issues? Catherine Angel in Daddy Issues, Love and Hate in the Time of Patriarchy. It's a pertinent question. Think, for instance, of Donald Trump's fixation on his own daughter and his statement about how he'd date her if she weren't his daughter. The father-daughter complex is political, but in fixing the cultural gaze on damaged daughters, we forget to hold men accountable for their tendency to seek romance with women much younger than they are. It is usually invoked to scorn or mock a woman's choice of sexual partner, whether due to his age, looks, status, or power. The suggestion is, she has fallen for a man who is a version of her father. The phrase admits this as a possibility while denying and deriding it, Angel notes. Take Lolita, the classic underage femme fatale story whose pop culture presence has taken the shape of precocious young temptresses. But it's really a story about a man who, in the guise of a father figure, violated the bond of trust instead of protecting it. But it's always Lolita who remains the sexual siren, all of 12 years old. Humbert Humbert himself is rarely immortalized as the distorted father who uses, abuses, and permanently damages someone. More disturbingly, popular culture as a whole has indeed adapted his gaze. It's through his eyes that we view women in anguish and vulnerability, and it's the same gaze with which Blonde depicts Marilyn Monroe's trauma. Is it possible to get rid of the father, or is he forever internalized? Angel further asks. He may not be internalized in daughters so much as he is internalized in the society itself, and how it treats the daughters it has collectively failed. There remains a day in the future when daughters can cast off the burden of damage and abandonment the way Plath did. Daddy, daddy, you bastard. I'm through. This podcast is brought to you by TS Studios, the production company that brings the Swaddle's creative point of view to original podcasts and films. 